Hello team, welcome to the Strong, Healthy, Happy podcast. The podcast that teaches you how to build a strong, healthy, happy body with an anti-diet culture and mental health approach. I'm Liz Campbell, owner and trainer at M12 Fitness. Let's get on with today's episode so you can start building a strong, healthy, happy body. What is occupational therapy? The first time I heard the term, I had really had no idea, but my friend Aaron Gruich from Sensational Path is here today to tell us all about it. Hi, Aaron. Hi, Liz. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks. So I really, really want you to tell us kind of before we start getting into talking more about what occupational therapy actually is. Tell us a bit about Sensational Path. Like, what do you do? What is your mission? So Sensational Path, I am an occupational therapist by training, and Sensational Path is my occupational therapy business. My goal or my mission is to help kids who have sensory issues or actually just to help kids in general participate in their daily activities and to help parents understand and empower parents with the tools that they need to help their kids. I get lots of requests from from parents because, you know, their kids don't want to go to restaurants or birthday parties and they don't um, they don't like getting their hair cut. And so I get requests from parents about how can they help their kids and really sensational path helps it helps kids to play. It helps kids to overcome those sensory issues that make it hard to participate in daily activities, but it's really fun. I, I have a bus that comes right to your door. And so when I say sensational path is evolving, I also do, uh, do birthday parties on the bus and preschool visits. And, and even today, I just got a request from a mom that was like, do you just come so my kids can play? Because right now with COVID, she doesn't want to take her kids to big centers. Yeah. No so, going into public. Right. Yeah. And so I'm like, yeah, I come to your door and I sanitize the bus between visits and I'm vaccinated and I wash my hands. And my priority right now is that I'm keeping the kids safe and I'm keeping them moving. Awesome. So we are going to talk more about this bus uh, a little later in this episode, just because it's such a cool premise. And I see you doing videos about it all the time. Um, but I want to ask, what got you into occupational therapy? I wish I would have gotten into occupational therapy when my mom said, you should be an occupational therapist. That was in high school. And I didn't know what it was. And so I explored other things like physical therapy. I wanted to be a physical therapist until... I saw what an occupational therapist did. So if you don't know what occupational therapy is and your mom is saying, go be an occupational therapist, go spend a day with an occupational therapist because it's such a broad occupation. <laughs> like we work with people from, from zero to like their whole, throughout their whole lifespan. And we work in different realms, but I didn't, I didn't understand it. I thought that occupational therapy was, helping people get jobs. And that's oh, such, okay. <laughs> such a misconception. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, so occupation is the activities that you do throughout your day. So I work with kids. They obviously don't have jobs, so I'm not helping them get jobs, but I'm <laughs> helping them to play and to learn and behave and to do their writing and to climb through equipment and playgrounds um, their occupations are, like I said, play, learning, getting dressed, 
washing their hair, having a bath, having a shower, um, just being independent in those activities. And we often look at the activities that you want to do, need to do, or are expected to do in a day. And we can adapt those activities or um, work on skills that will make you be able to do those activities more independently. So oftentimes we're modifying activities or we're making modifications to the setup or the environment. So it's very broad (laughs) and it's very misunderstood, I think. And so you do focus kind of mainly on children, but how could adults benefit from occupational therapy as well? Hmm. Yeah, I actually started out working with adults. I worked in an outpatient clinic at the hospital and I saw, you know, individuals who had had a stroke or a brain injury and I helped them to, um, you know, remember that the activities that they needed to do in their day, I helped them to be able to, you know, adapt maybe one, one part of their body or one side of their body wasn't functioning. And so how do you get dressed when you can't feel your left side of your body? So I would reteach them how to do that. I then went on to work in stroke rehab for three years. And that was all about reteaching those daily activity skills. We ran groups where we were teaching them how to make breakfast. Well, it was a breakfast group, but it wasn't really just about (laughs) making breakfast, but it was teaching them those independent skills. So if you can't use one hand, you can't use your left hand. How do you how do you butter toast with one hand? How do you make a sandwich with one hand? How do you get your groceries? So how do you adapt to um, those skills? And how do you then learn to use that side? So paying attention to that side of your body, acknowledging with adults, it's, I, I really enjoyed working with, I enjoy both. I enjoy working with kids and I enjoy working with adults, but with adults, we can relate to it because, you know, all of those things that we do every day that bring us joy what if we couldn't do that? Like, what if you couldn't get dressed in the morning and you couldn't make your coffee and you couldn't drive your car? What would you do? How would you adapt? And, you know, it's, it's really about problem solving mm-hmm. in occupational therapy and, and trying to, um, yeah, make little adaptations to how you do things or making recommendations about, let's put a grab bar in your shower so you don't fall in the shower or let's put this seat here so that if you're tired when you're walking down your hallway, so if you're tired, you can sit and have a rest. It's, it's, there's so many things. There's energy conservation, there's activity analysis, which is always happening. And even still, like when I'm not working with somebody, I'm always analyzing like the activities that are going on and why somebody might be having difficulty with a certain activity. We work on kind of our profession, we look at self-care, productivity, and leisure activities. When we ask you, what are the activities that you're, you want to do or expected to do or need to do? And we look in those realms. So self-care, productivity, and leisure. But then we also look at the cognitive skills that are involved in those activities, the physical skills, the emotional skills, or the emotional toil that it takes, um, and then spirituality. So you know, self-care is this big buzzword now, but OTs have been talking about self-care kind of from a different perspective, like in terms of just taking care of yourself physically, getting dressed, but also taking care of yourself so that you're not stressed. That's a, mm. that's 
what we're also talking about too. Yeah. So I was going to ask what is an example of what you would do, like being an occupational therapist, but I kind of, I really want to know more, like you were talking about doing things, you know, those everyday things like getting dressed or being able to butter your toast. Let's, let's use the buttering your toast example. How would you go through even starting to rehabilitate someone to do a a simple task just like that? So everybody does these tasks differently. That's what's interesting. So if everybody just that's listening thinks about like, how do I butter my toast? Do I use two hands? Do I use, you know, a butter knife or can I use any knife? Think about these tasks that you do every day. How do you do it? And then when I'm helping someone, I look at like, is it physically the buttering of the toast that's hard? Is it um, that you only have use of one hand, so you need something to stabilize. So we have tools like Dyson, which is this stick, it's sticky on both sides and prevents things from slipping, kind of like what you would put in your, your cupboard to prevent your dishes from sliding. Okay. Um, it's kind of like that. So we might say, okay, let's put the toast on the Dyson so it doesn't slide around. Or, you know, there's lots of adaptive tools, like there's cutting boards that have like a a nail sticking up. So you would put your toast on there and then it won't slide around. So you might need to look at that. You might need to look at how you hold the knife. Maybe you need a bigger knife or a smaller knife to be able to hold it. And maybe you're lacking in some of the mobility to move the the knife around. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can't reach the butter. (laughs) Um, So just looking at that activity of buttering your toast And where I would look at how they're doing it, I would assess first, how do you do that? And then how can we uh, make it easier so that you can do it? Or how can we, which skills do we need you to have so that you're better and more independent at buttering your toast? Wow. This is fascinating to me. (laughs) Because like just hearing this and it does sound like a lot of steps, but you are literally helping that person get back to somewhat normal life. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like what you're doing. You're, you're a personal trainer. And if somebody's having problems doing their squat, you're going to look at why they're having difficulty mm-hmm. with that and then be like, okay, so I, I'm, I'm going to physio right now because I have some glute issues. And so, but when I go to the gym, the trainer also looks at it and says, okay, like make sure your, your knee's not falling in or like gives me cues. And then maybe says, let's try this elastic band so that you get the feedback of what's happening with your knee to do it right. So sometimes we're coaching that way too. We're giving feedback about, can you feel that? Or can you, can you try it this way? And some people, yeah, there's so many different things. Like, so I talk a lot about the physical aspects, but some people with buttering their toes, they've got the physical part, but they forget the steps. And so it's like, what, what's the sequence of events that we have to follow to, to do that activity? And I, I do that with kids and adults. So kids may be dressing, they're, they're able to do it physically. If you are like, okay, put your foot into the pant leg, make sure it goes all the way to the end and then pull up and then stand up and they're cueing them along. But if they had the visual of each of those steps that are involved in getting dressed, then they might be more independent. Mm-hmm. So it's it's basically like the wiring when it comes to physical and mental, kind of like that connection. Yeah. I mean, we like I said, we look at that physical aspect of it. We look at the emotional, the cognitive. So, you know, it's 
it's all of the things, all of the activities that you do in your day. Why are they hard? Why, why are they hard for you? What could you do to make them easier? You know, we all use day timers and planners to kind of plan out our day and keep us focused. If we didn't have those, what would oh our boy. day look like? <laughs> if I didn't have my planner. <laughs> right. And then throw on top of that, like a brain injury or a neuro condition that, that makes it harder mm-hmm. or different, I guess. <laughs> or oh, Yeah. Or different. Yeah. That is, yeah. that is another way of putting it. Right. So tell me what you offer at Sensational Path. And we're going to talk about the bus here shortly because it's just so exciting. (laughs) I can't not talk about the bus. Um, So like I said, I'm an occupational therapist. And so I offer pediatric occupational therapy. That's not to say that I wouldn't work with adults. I did get asked, but like my niche is pediatric occupational therapy, specializing in sensory integration. So I work a lot with um, kids with autism, attention deficit, um, or just like sensory sensitivities. So I help those kids to learn about their body, to learn how to move their body, to learn about what triggers them into different um, emotional states, like meltdowns, we call it, or temper tantrums. It's different, but... um, I kind of help them and their families to learn about what triggers that and then what activities would help them to be more calm in those situations or to get to calm. Mm -hmm. Um, I work with kids that have motor issues. So helping them to, to learn the skills that they need for their everyday activities to get stronger. Usually it's hand strength that, that kids come to me for, but I don't just do um, fine motor skills. I usually like, I'm trying not to go into the bus stuff, but like <laughs> on the bus, it looks like they're playing and they're working on so many more skills than just play skills. Okay. So let's talk <laughs> about this bus because it's, I see, I see the videos And it just like, I want to come play on this thing one day. Like, it just looks like it's so much fun. So tell us about it. I guess, first of all, where did the idea come from for you to do a sense, like a sensory mobile bus? So I got the idea and then just sort of sat on it. I saw an idea of, I think it was a gymnastics bus. And I thought, wow, that's really cool. And that would be a really cool occupational therapy clinic that just went wherever you needed it to go. Um, So I sat on that idea for probably about 10 years. And then I finally acted on it. And at the time I was in rural Southern Alberta in Pincher Creek mm-hmm. and, you know, an hour drive was the closest clinic, but it probably more like Calgary would have had more of the sensory clinics and, and whatnot. And so I just didn't think that parents with already full plates. So parents who already have a full plate with Mm -hmm. kids and maybe a kid with special needs, they don't need more stuff. Like they don't need to drive to more appointments. I wanted to be able to bring that service to them. I wanted rural communities to have access to the same services that an urban center would have. Mm -hmm. Now in saying that I have moved to a city, (laughs) um, but it's more of a rural city. (laughs) So, um, yeah. So I still, that's still in the back of my head is that all those communities that are outside, I can come to you. You don't have to come to me. And it is even within the city, it's 
so much easier for parents to not have to, you know, bundle up the extra kids and, or find a place for the kids to go while they go to an appointment. Like the bus mm-hmm. comes to them. They, the parents come into the bus or they don't. And we kind of consult afterwards, but yeah, I just wanted to take away at least one of the barriers to getting to those appointments. There's a lot of equipment on that bus. Like what can, what can someone find on the bus? I often say I need a bigger bus, (laughs) (laughs) but I don't want to drive a bigger bus. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So the bus is, it's the old Sunshine Village ski bus. So the bus that used to take people from the parking lot to the lift. Oh, okay. And yeah, so I took out all the seats and put in um, mats in the floor and mats on the walls. There's there's hooks so I can change the equipment out. Um, but right now there's a, a rope. So the kids climb the rope and they get their name written on the, the roof. So right now I've got, oh, I don't know. I should go count. There's hundreds of names on the oh, roof. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. It's kind of something for some kids to, to strive for. And like, they might want to come back to the bus so that they can get to the, the top if they didn't get there last time. Yeah. Um, there's hooks for swings. So I have like a platform swing as well as like a, just a, a regular one person sling swing. There is a rope tunnel that it was designed to go between two trees, but it fits nicely in the bus. And so the kids climb through there and it, it tests their balance because, you know, it's moving and it's in motion and they have to use that dynamic balance and core strength and coordination and everything to get through this tunnel. There is a climbing wall. Um, the ski rack that was on the outside of the bus, we actually repurposed that and it's a ladder inside the bus. Oh, okay. So they can climb that. There is um, Lycra. So it's a Lycra hammock that you could just kind of lit lounge in, but it's also the kids this summer called it the poison tunnel. I don't know why, um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, they climb through it. There's like a hole at each end and it's suspended. And mm-hmm. so you climb through it and there's multiple layers. So they have to climb through the layers um, that one works on a lot of different skills. It works on their coordination, their core strength, um, their tactile skills, because they're constantly getting tactile input. Um, so for lots of kids, that's like their safe place where they just kind of go and hang out. Mm-hmm. There's an egg chair, which is another safe space. So it's a, you maybe have seen them at Ikea. It looks like an egg and then it's got a little canopy that covers over so you can go in there and just kind of chill out but it also spins so some kids go in there and we pretend that they're they're going to the moon and (laughs) there's a lot of pretend play or let's yeah yesterday we were chasing dinosaurs and catching dinosaurs um oh this this sounds like so much fun (laughs) it is a lot of fun and there's a slide that goes out the back door oh that's so cool i think is that everything? I mean, there's lots of other little things like lots of games and um, activities. So you're not just like crawling through the bus and you're not just going down the slide. You're maybe having to move with purpose. And that's the whole premise of sensory integration. What makes it different from say sensory stimulation is that there is purpose to what you're doing. You're um, it's always a goal oriented process and it's driven by the child. So I'm not just sitting there spinning them around, mm-hmm. you know, they're maybe spinning to, to get to the moon, <laughs> um, yeah. to deliver these packages, um, throughout, 
throw the bus or whatever it may be. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. And so what is the bus's name and how did she get it? (laughs) So the bus used to be white. So we stuck and it used to break down a lot. (laughs) And so one day I was like, you know what? I'm just going to name her Betty White because you know, she kind of, if you've seen the Snickers commercial, you get the Snickers and you feel better, but she was kind of cranky. Um, so yeah, we named her Betty White. And then when I moved to Medicine Hat, I was introduced to a graffiti artist. Um, you should follow him. His son's one on Instagram. Like Jeff- sun's like the sun in the sky? Like No, S-O-N-Z. S-O-N-Z. Okay. Yeah. So he's a graffiti artist in Medicine Hat and his name is Jeff Goring and he painted the bus. He's, he used his graffiti art and spray paint and over a weekend created this amazing rainbow bus. <laughs> so, so we'll um, see you coming basically. <laughs> yes. Yes. I stand out like heads turn. And it's so funny when I'm driving because I'm watching the road, but I'm also watching people's reactions because it's quite funny. Um, so yeah, the bus is like rainbow colors. Now it's yellow and pink and blue and purple and you can't miss it. <laughs> and so you serve with the bus, you serve like Southern Alberta. Yes. Yeah. Mostly medicine hat right now, but I do go on request. I'll go, you know, to Brooks and Schuler, which is, you know, all within like about an hour range foremost. Mm-hmm. I would love to go back to Pincher Creek with the bus. So if anybody's listening and wants to bring the bus back, you just have to call. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, like, please just let me yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, I do want to get out to those rural communities and and make sure that those kids get to experience the bus too. Awesome. Well, where can we find you online and on social media, Erin? Yeah. Um, so I have a website, Sensational Path. On Instagram, you can find me at Sensational Path. And on Facebook, I'm not as active, but you can find me. It's sensationalpath.aarongruich. Awesome. I'd love to connect with you. Excellent. Well, this has been really informative today, Aaron. Thank you so much for joining me. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. And I hope that I, I feel like I kind of answered the questions, but like not the question that you asked. <laughs> but um, I hope I gave you all some good information about Uh, what occupational therapy is and what sensational path is about. That's our episode. Thanks so much for your time, team. I always appreciate you being here. If you enjoyed today's episode, I invite you to like, share, subscribe, and I would truly appreciate a review if you feel so inclined to leave one. Check out what M12 Fitness is all about and what we offer at m12fitness.com. That's m12fitness.com. And find us on Facebook and Instagram at m12fitnessliz. Thanks again so much for being part of the team and I'll be back with more soon.